And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Go, man. Tear it off, dude. You're listening to Here's the Catch with David Lombardi, Matt Barrows, and Dennis Brown on the Athletic Podcast Network. Well, the 49ers did it. 34-26 over the Minnesota Vikings. We circled this game on the calendar right after the 49ers got done beating a very inferior Jacksonville team because this was a better opponent, and and this was really the pivotal one, right? This was the one where if the 49ers lost, they'd have something like a 29% chance at the postseason, but if they won, it'd be something like 66%. Huge swing in this game, quality opponent in the Minnesota Vikings, and the 49ers, this was a team win. I don't want to say an all-around team win because the special teams were horrible for the 49ers, but offense and defense both showed up to deliver 34-26. Elijah Mitchell just inflicting and probably taking some bruises of his own with 32 touches on the offensive end. And how about that opportunistic defense on the other side of the football? I mean, if the 49ers are going to go places this year, and right now it looks like they have a really strong chance of doing that, uh, we saw most of that formula on display against the Vikings at Levi Stadium today, Matt. Yeah, I mean, uh, if uh, a couple weeks ago... The game against the Rams was a surprise win, and then last week in Jacksonville was an easy win. This was this was a gritty win. This was to me the the grittiest win of the season because, as you noted, uh, they they didn't play well for for good swaths of the game. It was a very disjointed game, sort of uneven pacing. And, and if you had told me at the end of the game that uh, you know Debo Samuel got hurt. Fred Warner got hurt, Dre Greenlaw got hurt, and George Kittle had one catch for 13 yards. I would have thought, wow, the 49ers must have lost 40 to 40 to 12, so, you know, blowout loss. Um, but they, all those things happened, and they, they and they won, and they and they won by eight points. So, um, you know, I, I thought this was a uh, a necessary win. I, I was talking to. Tanika, before we started, seems Dennis like uh, these these East Coast trips. The 49ers actually do well on the trip itself. It's the game back where it takes them a little while to kind of get back into the, into the flow, into the rhythm. And uh, we saw this in in the first half, especially the first quarter. But point is, they were able to overcome it and get a win over a pretty good and pretty determined Vikings team. And the game kind of started off. It got kind of dicey because uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was definitely off. Uh, the running game was there, but then the second possession, I think Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan got away from the run game a little bit, and it started looking like the 49ers three weeks ago. Started getting worried. But Jimmy Garoppolo calms down. Uh, you know the recipe for winning. It seems like Kyle Shanahan might have got into Jimmy Garoppolo's face a little bit, a little bit after he threw that interception. And then you calm down uh, and then you start executing and you play clean football uh, and then you just give the ball to Elijah Mitchell and let him run the football. Uh, and uh, your defense comes up with some turnovers again. And, you know, that's the key. And guys make plays when there's time to make 
plays on the football field. So you go back to the recipe that's that's got you two wins, uh, and you and you start it off, and you end up getting another win. And uh, again, defense. I think defense set the tone. You know, it took a little while for it, but with defense set the tone tone in this football game. And Kyle, you know, you you know that you know the recipe. Run the ball, run the ball. Almost forty runs today. Run the ball, and and that's what's that's the recipe to win. And we saw another win. It was it was kind of fun to watch, especially that last drive when it was just all Elijah Mitchell. And you know they're going to run the football to kill the to, to kill the clock, and you march right down the field. Even though Robbie Gold missed the field goal, but still that was a great series. With I think it was probably eight minutes left on the clock or something like that. And you just put together a long drive and just kill the clock. And then defense comes out uh, and you shut them down. So it was it was a fun game to watch. Yeah, let's talk about that clock bleeding last drive because I think it encapsulates the 49ers effort. Dennis, you mentioned almost 40 runs to be exact 39 runs. So right there at that 40 r- rushing mark where, that we had talked so much about after the Rams game because Kyle Shanahan had set it as a goal. 39 for 208 yards. It's 5.3 a carry for the 49ers. But again, the, the operative truth was at play. And this is it. You, you need both the passing game and the running game to be able to attain 39 or 40 carries, right? At critical junctures, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to come through. And remember, that final drive was very close to dying right at the 49ers' own goal line. Garoppolo was getting pressured over the right side. He was getting hit on third down, and he was almost falling away, you know, like a basketball player on on a fadeaway 15-footer, and he delivered the Trent Shurfield to move the chains. Without that play, that 49ers drive doesn't happen. Minnesota gets the ball back. The defense for the 49ers is certainly more tired than it was at the very end of the game after the Robbie Gold miss because they wouldn't have gotten all that rest, right? And who knows what happens because the 49ers only led the game by a possession, 34-26 at that point. So Elijah Mitchell sitting there punishing this, uh, this Vikings defense throughout the game. But I thought that after that first interception, Jimmy Garoppolo stepped up and made some critical third-down conversions. The 49ers ended up 5-12 of 12 on third down, which is good but not great. But, but there were some third and longs in there where he found, especially Brandon Ayuk, to keep the line moving. And it's this type of consistent cohesiveness the 49ers just didn't have offensively early in the season. And now, Matt, what we're seeing it consistently, the blip was obviously early in the game when Garoppolo threw the pick that both you know he and Shanahan definitely regret. But, but they're able to right the ship much more confidently now. It doesn't take them a whole half anymore like it did against the Packers in week three, right, or against Philadelphia that took almost a whole half. 49ers' offense is getting down to business right away, and this team really needs that because the offense is the driver of their success. Yeah, I think you're referring to that that third and 11 throw to Ayuk at the end of the second quarter, and that's when things really started to change for the 49ers. I mean, they, they, they scored 21 points between the, the second and uh, third quarters and, and really looked like they were going to blow out the Vikings, and uh, that didn't happen. And, you know, the, that's uh, there, there's some critique there. But uh, you're absolutely right. And, and third down has been, um, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's best down, you know, comparatively throughout the, the rest of the league. And uh, he, he followed up that uh, that pass to Ayuk with a, a really nice uh, throw to Juwan Jennings. Good play design. The perfect play for Jennings. He's got that big body, long arms, uh, got in the ball, running down the, the, uh, the goal line. And he kind of uh, sidestepped his way into the end zone. Uh, 
Um, and then they scored uh, in, in quick su- succession coming out of halftime. Dennis, I, I think the the issue with this game, if, if you're going to um, you know find some faults, is that uh, A, they let up that 99-yard kickoff return. Um, you never want that. And, and B, they, uh, they, they sort of lapsed into their bad tackling selves. And it was only on one drive, but it really allowed the – the Vikings to get back into the game. I think it was Joukowsky Tart and, and uh, Josh Norman who had some real bad whiffs um, that uh, sort of uh, allowed Minnesota to scramble back in, and they never really kind of stepped on their neck and put the game away, even at the end there. Uh, eight, eight points means that uh, the team can tie it up. So, um, you know, a win, but there are things uh, they can improve on moving forward. Yeah, always things you can improve on. And and some of that stuff, you know, Jaquaski and, and and then Josh Morgan, uh, I mean, some of those mistakes again, it, it kind of went back to just not paying attention to the details and, and it and it kind of reared its ugly head again. But the same thing, some of those some of those mistakes that that turned into points for the Minnesota Vikings, the offense gets back gets back on the football field and they execute and put points on the board. So that I mean that's that's how that's how you kind of answer that. Yeah. You know, you get a kickoff return that goes back 99 yards, but then you get back on the football field and you answer on offense. And that's that's what's that's the real thing about, you know, complimentary football. I mean, if your defense has a lapse, your offense comes on the field and you answer it with points on the board. So, you know, it felt like, you know, that third quarter was amazing to me. I mean, I mean it it went from what was it? 14 14 7 Minnesota or something like that to, you know, 28, 30, whatever, 40. I think they scored 20, 20 points in the, in the third quarter. So, I mean, it, it was, and, it, and a lot of that was, was turnover. So, you know, execution, big plays, but a lot of guys really stood up. Jawan Jennings, I mean, he really showed up today. And again, I don't understand what Debo's doing, but he's a great running back, even though he's a, he's a wide receiver, but everyone, everyone showed up. I mean, uh, Aziz showed up, the last linebacker standing, you know, in this linebacking crew. He stood up and had some good plays. So, you know, good players make great plays when you have to do it. And this was a game, you know, definitely a game that that those players need to show up. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Well, let's talk a little bit about the health status of some of the 49ers' best players because that's obviously a concern leaving this game. Debo Samuel, this probably was related to you know the the heavy workload that he's been seeing in the backfield here over the past couple of weeks. Can't be easy on your body. He he pulled up lame there uh, late in the game on yet another one of his short handoffs. Pulled his groin. He's going to undergo an MRI on Monday. He said he wasn't overly concerned about it, but Debo Samuel is obviously an extremely unique weapon, one of the top offensive weapons in the NFL, so the 49ers definitely hope that he's okay and ready to go for the game against Seattle next Sunday. And and Fred Warner also exited this game. So the 49ers, uh, between Fred Warner's injury and what looked like an aggravation for Dre Greenlaw's groin injury, uh, they were really shorthanded at linebacker for a lot of this contest to the point where they just had to run nickel by default, even in, in base situations. So Kwan Williams had to play bigger than he actually is, and that was huge for the 49ers. But, Matt, uh, I, this was really a boxing match out there, I thought. I thought this was two teams that were, were good football teams, obviously contenders, uh, that were throwing punches at each other. And they're landing punches in a game that had, you know, potentially big-time playoff implications. So there was some desperation coming from both teams. And you saw it take a physical toll on on both of these football teams as the game went along. So the 49ers now have to hope that uh, they heal up and that they're in decent position health-wise to attack Seattle next week because especially those injuries to Debo Samuel and Fred Warner are concerning for them moving forward. Yeah, and we should add that uh, Trey Sermon, I mean, he's not a big part of the offense, but he also got injured and so you've got three positions now, uh, wide receiver, linebacker, and running back that are, are really going to be probably shorthanded for this uh, Seahawks game. And um, you're right, uh, Debo Samuel appeared on the podium after the game. That's usually a signal that the guy's injury is not severe um, and, uh, and said he didn't think it was that serious. That, that's, uh, however, been a theme for the 49ers. They, they seem to say that these injuries – aren't serious, and it's probably not a multi-week thing for Debo Samuel, but uh, I I think that uh, next week in Seattle is very much in question, Uh, and the same with Fred Warner. I mean, the last thing that the 49ers want is to rush these guys back onto the field and have them aggravate something. So, um, you know, not a lot of depth at that linebacker spot. Um, If if Fred Warner didn't go, Aziz Alshair would play uh, middle linebacker like he did uh, after Warner left the game on Sunday. And then it would probably be Demetrius Flanagan Fowles having you know his biggest outing against a, a Seahawks team that likes to run the ball. So that would be a, that would be a big challenge for, for the 49ers. And then at receiver, obviously we know, I don't know if any team outside the Rams and Cooper Cup, Dennis, leans on one guy as much as the 49ers have leaned on Debo Samuel this year. 
Um, you know, having said that, Ayuk stepped up with a uh, three-catch, 91-yard uh, game. That's that's a 30.3 average per catch. So that was a, a big-time outing for him. But uh, no Mohamed Sanu. So it would have to be a big Ayuk and Juwan Jennings game, really. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I felt like perseverance was a big theme of Sunday's game. Um, I think that would be even more so if they had to play without those guys in Seattle. Yeah. And, you know, what I, I, I look at Ayuk and, and, you know, he's really whatever Kyle Shanahan said to him, it, it really feels like, you know, he's kind of figured it out now. And um, he's he's getting back to where he was, you know, his first season in NFL. I mean, he is he, he to me, he feels like he is that big play guy. He is that guy that can stretch the defense. I, there was there were a couple catches he had today that he was just wide open in the middle of the football field. So, you know, obviously he runs a good right a good route. He reads the coverage as well. He knows kind of where to fit in on those zones, uh, and he can turn into a big play guy. But if Debo can't go, I mean, guys have to stand up. Guys have to stand up. They have to play. And I'll go back to Jawan Jennings. I mean, I was I'm impressed with him the last three weeks. And not only his catching ability, but he's a dog on the on on run blocking, you know, down the field, one on one blocking, and it helps the team so much. So, you know, if Debo can't go, and I mean, you've you've kind of leaned on him. His body's probably tired and beat up. It's good to see that he was at the podium. But if you can't, if he can't go against Seattle, which is two bags, I think he'd have a really big game uh, against that secondary. Other guys just have to show up, and they have to show up the way they've done the last couple weeks. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk today, three huge catches for 91 yards. That's 30.3 per catch. Just the, the explosiveness was there. At least one of them came very late in Jimmy Gar- or Garoppolo's progression. I mean, he, th- there was good pass protection on the one that I'm thinking of. And he sat back there, and Brandon Ayuk was able to get open, and Garoppolo found him. And, you know, that's just the rapport that we were talking about that Ayuk needed to develop with Garoppolo that had really been compromised by all that drama early in the season, right? There was the hamstring pull late in the preseason. Ayuk missed some practice there, and that started kind of the downward spiral where Ayuk really wasn't in lockstep with the rest of the offense. And uh, obviously that frustrated the 49ers. That was what they really wanted him to work through to regain that aggressiveness, regain that trust, right, with uh, the rest of the 49ers offense. And uh, it, it took some time, but the 49ers were adamant about not force-feeding Ayuk the football. They wanted to make his, you know, part of this whole operation a, a natural, sustainable fit. And to me, Matt, it now seems like a natural and sustainable fit. It seems that on a week-in, week-out basis, Ayuk is good for at least two or three really big catches per game. And, you know, when I talk about the fact that the 49ers need those glue pieces in the, in the pass attack to give the run game a chance to, to run the ball 39 or 40 uh, times a game, uh, Ayuk has been, the, the, you know, one of the pieces of super glue in that effort, right? There are not a lot of passing opportunities. Today, Jimmy Garoppolo threw the ball 26 times, so it's almost a little bit higher than, than the last couple games, right? But you better make those 26 times count. And I'll tell you what, Brandon Ayuk is making sure that 
his, you know, four or five targets really, really do count. And 90 yards through just three catches, that's the testament to both the trust that the 49ers and Garoppolo now have in him and also in his just natural talent and his explosiveness. Because without those contributions, I think the 49ers lose this game. Yeah, you're, you're seeing some attitude in the blocking game as well. Dennis noted Juwan Jennings' uh Always feisty downfield blocking. Uh, today it was Ayuk who was blocking Patrick Peterson and, uh, you know, got under Peterson's skin, actually threw Peterson to the ground, and uh, that started a, a, a mini fracas. But it, that that's becoming sort of the, the 49ers' MO. It's becoming their personality uh, is to be feisty, to block uh, to the whistle, and maybe a couple of seconds beyond the whistle. But, um, you know, that uh, that has an effect. I mean, uh, Dennis brought this up, that last drive, I think there were 12 plays on that final drive. Um, and unfortunately, Robbie Gold uh, missed the, uh, the field goal to really seal the game. But uh, on 10 of those plays, it was Elijah Mitchell, two yards, three yards, five yards, four yards. I mean, um, you don't do that at game's end if you haven't been sort of chipping away at that defense for the first uh, 50 minutes of the game. And, and that's what uh, the 49ers do, and they do it um, at all levels. Uh, the offensive line had a really nice game. I mean, Tom Compton started and finished this game at right tackle, uh, and and we barely mentioned his name th- uh, throughout the, the entirety of it. So um, he did well. Um, like I said, the, the tight ends always block well. Uh, I think Kittle is the one that prompted the uh, the Mike Zimmer uh, uh, complaint at game's end that the 49ers are always holding, um, to which Kittle had a really nice reply. It's basically, you know, just, just play us well and, uh, and, and stop flopping around. But um, obviously the, it, it, uh, it affected everybody on the, uh, on the opposing team. Uh, the 49ers are kind of winning the mental game, Dennis, uh, against that uh, the defenses that they face. Well, listen, if, if you run the ball – down a defense's throat for what, 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 what 200 over 200 yards i mean the defense you know you you get worn out i mean that's the bottom line you just get worn out and you if you have a last drive in a football game and and you know the opponent is trying to to kill the clock or or, or suck some time off the clock and they just and they just run 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 and you can't stop it stack the box you can't stop it that takes all your confidence out. And the remarks after the game, they hold every time. That's loser talk. Yeah, there's holding every snap in the National Football League, and, and the refs will not call it. That's just your guys are getting mauled. That's what that's what it is. Your guys are getting mauled down the field, uh, and running backs are getting four or five yards a pop. That's all that is. So we talk a lot about Elijah Mitchell, but that offensive line, I mean, they've they've really shown up, I think, in the last couple games, and they've put it together. I saw Tom Compton, couple pancake um, blocks on the D, de- and this defensive line was was pretty beat up too. So that that was something that needed to be exposed for sure, and that's what they did. I mean, you have an opportunity to expose something. You got a defensive line that's missing a lot of starters. Heck, go at them, you know, knock them down. These are this this is the second team out there. Beat them up a little bit. 
beat them up a lot. Fourth quarter is when you can run the ball. If you run the ball in the fourth quarter, you've done your job as an offensive line throughout the football game. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's flip the script here and talk about the 49ers defense. This is what I wrote about on The Athletic and, you know, we talk about the disaster against the Packers in, in week three. Aaron Rodgers led Green Bay down the field with no timeouts and 37 seconds to turn a 49ers win into a 49ers loss. And I thought that really changed the narrative of at least the early season for the 49ers, right? Just imagine had they been able to hold on to that win against the Packers in the final 37 seconds as any competent defense should be able to do. I don't care if it's a Hall of Fame on the other side of the ball. 37 seconds remain and he doesn't have timeouts. You, you can't let him get into scoring range. But the 49ers had a breakdown. They let Rodgers get into scoring range and that loss has really followed them around for most of the season. But but today I think and over the past few weeks now that there's been a sense of atonement from this 49ers defense. Now, today was a really good measuring stick uh, and you could you know, compare this effort with the most recent time that the 49ers faced the Vikings, and that was in the playoffs after the 2019 regular season. Uh, in that game, the 49ers overwhelmed Kirk Cousins, right? He, he never had a shot. They hit him nine times. They sacked him six times. It, it was it was a bloody mess for the Vikings. The 49ers are incapable of that kind of domination in 2021. The defense simply isn't as good. So they have to find a way to win at critical junctures, to be opportunistic, and today they did that, and they avoided what happened to them in Week Three against another good offense in the Packers. I mean, the Vikings can move the ball; they have weapons. I mean, Dalvin Cook got hurt today, but but he made some plays. They have obviously Cousins, who's putting together an efficient year. Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, but the 49ers with some big plays at key spots made it work. I mean, you talk about Charles Amenahu, the the trade acquisition from Houston. He had an early tackle for loss where he fired off the ball. Uh, against Alvin Cook, and he prevented the Vikings from, you know, embarking on on a longer drive that could have really torpedoed the 49ers earlier. Nick Bosa had a huge sack, his 11th of the season, that I thought turned the tide. If you remember Nick Bosa's sack, the Vikings were marching the football. They're bringing in extra offensive linemen. It looked like they were ready to hog the ball. Bosa's sack stopped that, and the 49ers went off to score 21 unanswered points right after that. Aziz Alshire, huge interception after the 49ers made an adjustment in coverage against Adam Thielen in the third quarter. That was part of that big flurry. Talanoa Hufunga, we talk about you know his struggles in pass coverage. Not today. He knocked one away from Tyler Conklin in the fourth quarter. That would have you know that would have been a touchdown, and that was one of the key 49ers red zone stops to prevent the lead. And then finally, that that last try. Oh, Kevin Givens fumble, uh, force. Fumble. That was huge, too, on the play that get Dalvin Cook got hurt. So the 49ers got the ball there. But finally, that disciplined final drive, Matt. The 49ers, between Emmanuel Mosley and Al Shire, made tackles inbounds. Situationally, they knew what they were doing. And then, you know, it wasn't flashy, but on that last play, they ran the right coverage. Josh Norman was on Jefferson. Talano Hufunga was there to help. 
as opposed to the game against the Packers in week three where they ran the wrong coverage and they left Devontae Adams wide open on that second Rodgers completion. So, I mean, it's not sexy, right? But small, good things like that. They didn't end the game with a sack or a pick, but they ended the game fundamentally sound, and it was a winning effort for that defense, even if it wasn't a great effort. Yeah, I think the theme is that they're they're better than they were in week three, and, and that's what you want. Uh, you want to be playing your best ball heading into the month of December, and, and that's what the 49ers are doing. Um, you know, I, I don't think it was perfect. I mean, we had a, a Josh Norman P.I. Uh, we had the missed tackles that I mentioned earlier. Hufanga allowed a, a, a touchdown early. Um, it, it certainly wasn't dominating, as, as you noted, but um, you're right. Uh, you know, this was a good team. Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. He's not Aaron Rodgers. But this was a team that, the Vikings team that was determined to win, determined to stay in the playoff race. They were very even with the 49ers, even record, the same record going in. And the 49ers showed that they are better now. And they're getting better each week, it seems like. Or at least they figured out, I think, against the Rams, their identity. And despite the slow start on Sunday, they were able to sort of return to that identity quickly before things got out of hand. And that's just the mark of a good team. Even when you're not firing an all-cylinder, you gut it out. You figure out ways to win. And you're absolutely right. And some of these these names you just mentioned, Kevin Givens, uh, Hufanga, Aziz Al-Shair, I mean, these are not um, household names. Um, you know, th- th- these are, are largely backups and guys who are having to fill in. And I think uh, Al-Shair, really, he's been, you know, uh, probably uh, underappreciated because uh, Trey Greenlaw got hurt in week one. And so he's been basically an every-down starter since then. And today had to play two positions. He started out as weak side linebacker. And then once uh, Fred Warner got hurt in the third quarter, Dennis, that means that Al Shayer comes in and starts playing middle linebacker, which means he's got the, the dot on his helmet, which means that he's, he's getting the, the play call. He's lining up the defense. He's doing everything that Fred Warner does. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he comes up with an interception and a fumble recovery and leads the team in tackle. So everything you want from a middle linebacker, uh, Al Shire was supplying on Sunday. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think all the names that you just kind of named off are, are, are big time players that just need to show up. And, you know, it, it, players make plays. Coaches can just coach, but players need to make plays. Uh, you know, Jaquaski Tart had a big play. You know, Nick Bosa had his sack. Kevin Givens, you know, you went down the line. That's that's what a good football team is. Crucial moments, big-time players make big-time plays. Or just players makes play. I mean, you have to have explosive, game-changing plays in a football game. And on defense, you need turnovers. You need sacks. You need tackle for losses. You need things. And on offense, you need, you know, splash plays. You need touchdowns. You need big runs. So, that's what makes a good football team. I mean, if you look at the good football teams, they have those things, characteristics of their team. Big plays and players just make plays. And that's the bottom line. And the 49ers are starting to get it. They're not sitting around and waiting for someone else to do it. You're seeing guys stand up and make plays. So, like I said, it was a fun game to watch. I mean, it, it got kind of dicey in the beginning of the game, but it was good to see Kyle Shanahan kind of, kind of settle the team down, settle Jimmy Garoppolo down. And just, just the, you know what the recipe is. It's the bottom line. Run the football, pound the rock, pound the rock, and then put, put some points on the board and play good 
good defense and clean football happens and then you get you get wins and it was just it was just really fun to watch this team play today and it's important to know that this was never going to be easy right the, i mean if you look at the dvoa of the 49ers remaining opponents the vikings are the highest rated team besides only the rams who the 49ers play in week 18 so uh, technically, it gets easier, at least from a ranking perspective moving forward. I understand Seattle road road game is next. Early morning start against Cincinnati comes after that. Uh, that's obviously also on the road. So, you know, those might be tougher games in their own right. But on paper, I'm just trying to illustrate the fact that, that this was a, you know, a difficult pairing for the 49ers. A lot of people were saying, just wait until they play Minnesota. Don't read too much of this Jacksonville win. Well, the 49ers did play Minnesota. We projected it to be a tough game, and the 49ers prevailed in that tough game. You know, both sides were landing punches back and forth, back and forth, and the 49ers came out on top. It was one of those what-it-takes kind of wins, right? We talked about that at the top of the show, and it certainly wasn't pretty. There were offensive blemishes. There were defensive blemishes. I thought it got ugly on special teams, but the 49ers found a way to get it done. And the 2019 49ers, since we you know used that team as, as a standard for the Kyle Shanahan era, they had a, quite a few what-it-takes what wins, right, where they weren't perfect by any stretch of the imagination. I remember the Pittsburgh game. I remember the second Arizona game the 49ers played. I remember Week 16 against the Rams, where in, in all three of those games, both sides of the ball – had blemishes that the 49ers had to overcome, and they did. And that brings me to, you know, kind of a final point. As we look forward to these final six games, what can we expect from the 49ers? How can they traverse what's going to be, you know, some perilous ground? The The fact of the matter is they're now in great position, right? They, they should be favored in a lot of these games. They're on the inside looking in, not the outside looking into the playoff picture. But, Matt, I think that uh, Jimmy Garoppolo has to avoid – especially, you know, a, a turnover at kind of a tenuous juncture earlier in the game that gives momentum back to another team. The defense has to continue tightening things up. I think they really need D Ford back, but if they don't get him back, then they just need just more compliment to, to Nick Bosa. And the 49ers absolutely need to be better on special teams moving forward because if some of these issues keep on recurring that we saw in this game against Minnesota, I think they're going to get tripped up in at least one of these road games coming up. And given the playoff positioning right now, uh, you, you can't be given away games that should be wins. So there's a lot to clean up even after this win for the 49ers moving forward. I agree. I mean, uh, I think that they are, are showing that they're a playoff team, a team that deserves to be in the playoffs this year because, you know, frankly, there aren't that many dominant teams. Um, but they're not, they haven't shown yet that they're one of the elite teams. And I, and I still think that they can be or um, that there's enough room for improvement that they can they can get better than, than they've even been playing over this last three-game uh, winning streak. Uh, you mentioned that, that Pittsburgh game from 2019 – um, that was another game in which they came back from an East Coast trip and uh, just didn't play well. And, and luckily, they uh, they eked out a win in that one. Uh, another example of that year was the loss to the Falcons. That came after uh, a two two week trip on the uh, on the Eastern time time zone, uh, Baltimore and, and New Orleans. Uh, and, and the 49ers got have a couple of these uh, types of uh, games coming up. They go to Cincinnati on December 12, and then they come home against the Falcons. Uh, then they go to Tennessee on uh, the 23rd, and then it's a, uh, a home game after that against Houston. Uh, 
those those look like absolutely winnable games right now. But those are those. That's the test. I mean, uh, that's what the forty. It's it's almost uh, uh, a mental game more than anything else. I think at that point in the season, can you get yourself ready uh, for those types of games? And you know, they they haven't uh, given themselves a lot of margin for for error. And, and in a way, that's good. I mean, that that keeps them sharp, and they know that. Uh, and I think that's probably why they they won this game. Uh, on Sunday against the Vikings is that, uh, you know, they keep reminding themselves that we've dug ourselves into a hole. We have to be pretty good from here on out. We're not going to take anybody lightly. We're not going to, you know, get lazy in practice. Um, And and so far it's worked out. But there are more tests to come, Dennis. And um, I think that there's more room for improvement. I think every week is a test for this team. I think every week, you know, because you, you, you've dug yourself a hole. I mean, this is the first time you've got a winning, you've had a winning record since the second week of the football season. You, you dug yourself into a hole. So every game has to be a test for this team, has to be a challenge for this team, or I don't think they get up. You know, now you have a division game, divisional game with the Seattle Seahawks, and you can't look past them because they're not playing very well because Russell Wilson is still on the football team. So I, I think every week, going, going week to week, you have to get yourself up and you have to understand the position you're in. You're in a position right now that you can get yourself into the playoffs, but you have to play the same type of football. You have to you have to pay attention to the details and things on special teams, even Robbie Gold missing the field goal. I mean, that could be crucial moving forward in, a, in the rest of these last six games. You have to be efficient on all levels uh, on the football field. So concentrate on each football game. Enjoy the win, and now you go up to Seattle to play, you know, in in that stadium, which is loud as heck, and you got Russell Wilson. So, play each game like it's your like it's a playoff game, and you're going to get eliminated. I think you'd be okay. We'll see what happens. It's I mean, Seattle's always tough, and they're yeah. they're going to be desperate. Four Anders get them on a short week, which is nice after they play on Monday Night Football. So it's getting fun, guys. Last six weeks of the regular season. Here we go. 49ers 34, Vikings 26. For Matt Barrows and Dennis Brown, this is David Lombardi. We'll talk to you in the middle of this next week as the 49ers prepare to take on Seattle.